I'm so honored. I'm honored. I'm honored. Please be seated. It's, it's incredible to be back here with you. Uh, let me just let me just tell you this. They say that Disney World is the happiest place in the world. I've been to Disney World several times. But the heart of God Church is better. <laughs> it really is. It really is. This is an exceptional ministry. It is a demonstration of the glory of God in the earth. I celebrate you today. You don't realize what an incredible gift you, you have in, in Pastor Howe and Pastor Leah and the incredible addition that has come since the last time that I was here in Pastor Garrett and Pastor Lynette and Pastor Charlton. My goodness, what a... Will you give it up for the leadership team here that a strong, growing, vibrant church. My goodness, the leadership team here. Wow. And the creativity is just off the chain here. It's just incredible in this place. I'm glad to, how many of you guys, this is your first time seeing me in person? It's, it, oh, fresh meat. Oh my goodness, fresh meat. I'm so excited about the fresh meat. Oh, wow, wonderful. Yes. <laughs> wow. What an incredible joy, incredible joy. I just, I just love it. You know, I feel like I'm at a youth conference. <laughs> wow, this is absolutely amazing. It is just absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to be here with you. I, I don't know who's happier, you guys or me. And my wife is, uh, is with me. Uh, next year, we celebrate 40 years of marriage. She's the only girl that I've ever known. I met her in the flesh when I was 16 years old. She was 14. I wanted a younger woman. <laughs> and God honored my request. And uh, we've got five children and 10 grandchildren and it's, it's, a, it's an exciting journey and I, I'm, I'm so excited, I'm so excited to have you guys here. It's, it's an incredible blessing. Can I, wow. I, I want to just, I want to read a scripture to you guys so that we can jump right into the word of God today and let it just be incredible to you. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse four and five. Notice this. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I'm going to talk today about the power of habit. The power of habit, just the power of habit. Let me just tell you this, this uh, it's, it's something here, you might wonder what that particular scriptural passage has to do with habit, but it's about taking captive every, every thought, the strongholds, 
a stronghold, a stronghold. I mean, you would think about a stronghold. It's a, it's, it's like a, it's, it's a fortress. It's a storage place. It's a storage place. Uh, uh, it's a storage place for water. It's a storage place for food. It is also a storage place for weapons. That's, that's a stronghold. But now the devil's stronghold consists of thoughts. So when he wants to create a habit in you, he creates a thought pattern that then holds you in a pattern of, of believing. And your believing determines your behavior. How you believe will determine how you behave. So when God influences your belief system, he automatically influences your behavior. When you carry God in your heart, that's why you then share him with your friends. It's because belief impacts behavior. So there's something that's, that's happening because a stronghold is a storage place. And God is our stronghold. And he gives us, you see, a stronghold holds water, it holds food, it holds weapons. He gives us the water of the word that refreshes our soul. Then he feeds us, that strengthens us. And then he gives us weapons that allow us to be able to defend the work of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who God is. He's our strong tower. He's a fortress. Every citadel has a fortress. They have, it's a place of protection. You are designed to be a place of refreshing, a place of feeding, and a place of protection. That's what family does. Family protects each other. Friends protect each other. And that's who you are. You, this is a, a, a place, and this is really about the power of habit. And, and just think about this. To change your habit, you have to do uh, three, three main things. To change your habit, you change your hat. You change your hat. It's about a hat. And here's what a hat is. A hat has to do with, with your habits. You build good habits. You break bad habits. It deals with habits. It deals with associations. Associations are people. Let me say this to you. If you show me your friends, I will show you your future. Because your friends determine your future. It's the habits of not only that, that you develop in terms of your behavior, but they are the associations. And then they are your thoughts. You change your thoughts and then you change your life. Habits, habits, associations, thoughts. You really want to transform your life? You change your habits, what you do on a daily basis. You change your associations, the people that you hang with. Uh, get a higher quality of them. Get somebody that's better at something than you are. There's somebody that has a stronger relationship with God. Somebody that has greater victory and success in their life. Start hanging with them because your friends prophesy your future. And then your thoughts, how you think about life. You know, what you think about is what you bring about. What you think about is what you bring about. To change your life, change your habits, what you do every day, change your associations, who you hang with, and change the thoughts that are in your mind. When your thoughts change, your whole life can change just because you think new thoughts.
It's the power of habit. It's the power of habit. Because you see, the secret of success is always found in your daily routine. The, the, it's, it's in your daily routine. If you show me your daily routine, what you do today, I can, and if you do it every day, I'll tell you where you'll be 10 years from now. Because the secret of success is always discovered in the daily routine. Success does not come in a day, it comes daily. It's what you do every day. It's because I pray every day. It's because I trust God every day. It's because I study every day. It's because I feed my spirit man every day. It is because I'm focused on my vision every day. It's because I'm looking at my goals and I'm associating with people that can advance me toward the purpose that God has called me to every day. It's a daily habit. It's a daily habit. It just happens uh, every day, every day in what you do in, in a day. And anybody who's having a hard time in life, let me tell you this. There are two main reasons that you have a hard time. Here's reason number one. It's because you're in a comfort zone. Being in a comfort zone will give you a hard life down the road. Living in the comfort zone. And let me just tell you this. The Holy Spirit works best in your life when you're outside of your comfort zone. You want to engage the Holy Spirit? Step out of your comfort zone. You have a hard life because you refuse to leave your comfort zone. The second reason you have a hard life is because you're leaving your comfort zone. Whenever you step out to do something, you see the, the manifestation of, of the heart of God church? This is outside of the comfort zone. This has pierced the darkness. The moment that you pierce the darkness, you begin to make the devil mad. And you begin to encounter all kinds of spiritual warfare. The moment that you start piercing the darkness is the time that you start getting demonic interference it's something to try to stop you it's either because you're in your comfort zone or because you have left the comfort zone that gives us a challenge but it is only when you step out of the boat and start walking on the water that you get the miracle that's where the Holy Spirit is experienced the moment that you overcome your fear and your intimidation about sharing Jesus Christ with a friend because of what people are going to say about you, what they're going to think about you. The moment I step out of that comfort zone, not realizing that maybe God put them on my mind because they were on God's mind. And he's trying to use me as an instrument to make a change in somebody's life who's having a difficult time, who's struggling, who's confused, who has issues and questions and they're searching for answers that they can't figure out and maybe just maybe God put them on your mind so that you can step out of your comfort zone open your mouth and share the one who is the answer the one that will empower them and embolden them to do great things for God it's exciting to me every time that I I'm able to step out of my comfort zone and many of you may not believe this, but when I first met my wife when I was 16 and she was 14, I was incredibly shy. I'm still shy. You'd never grow out of it. 
Tell, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you for, for real. You don't ever grow out of being shy. I thought that I would grow out of it when I, after I left my teens. You start off in your teachable teens into your tender 20s, your tireless 30s, your forcible 40s, your fearful 50s, your seasoned 60s, your settled 70s, your aching 80s, your nebulous 90s, and your prodigious 100s. You, listen, you never grow out of your shyness. You have to learn how to come out of that. Right now, I'm out of my comfort zone. But it means now I'm qualifying for the Holy Spirit to help me. It's amazing. I, I love what God is doing in the life of his people. But when you really understand the power of habit, habit is actually the intersection of knowledge. You know what knowledge is? Knowledge is about what you do. It's the intersection of knowledge and skill, skill is knowing how to do it, and then desire. Desire is about your want to do it. Because you won't stay committed to a habit if you don't want to do it. You have to have knowledge to know what to do. You have to have skill to know how to do it, and you have to have desire, which is the want to do it. And so it's all three at the intersection of those knowledge, desire, and skill is where habit actually is formed. And so once, once you establish a habit, it's really hard to break. It's really, really hard to break. Uh, a habit is, 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 is easy to get into, but it's hard to get out of once you start having a habit. Now I've got some folks that's going to help me with, with my word, habit word. If you, if you guys can come... Come now, and then we're going we're gonna to walk you through a process here. When you deal with the power of habit, and, and see, nothing happens without God bringing people into your life. That's why I don't try to do things by myself. <laughs> Can you say this word with me? Habit. 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 Now, if you've got a bad habit, they're the habits that mess us up. Whether it is looking at pornography on the internet, whether it is listening to unwholesome conversation, things that begin to take you away from godly thoughts. If it is something that pulls you out of the potential that God wants to develop in you, I want you to see here, H-A-B-I-T. You know, life by the yard is hard, but life by the inch is a cinch. If you do it little by little, it gets easier. So if you've got a habit, it could be a habit of talking about people. It could be a habit of being fearful, self-conscious, insecure. Insecurity is a habit. You, you can break it. And I'm going to walk you through the process of breaking this habit. There's a power in habit in both creating good habits and breaking bad habits. But you can't build the good habits until you first break the bad habits. It's like you can't build wealth until you get out of debt. So this is the habit. This is the habit. This is the, this is the habit. If we really want to, to dismantle this, we start at the beginning with the H. And the first word that I want you to write down with H is prayer. If you're trying to break a habit, 
Start praying. Prayer avails the power of God into our life. Because the things that bind us are spiritual. And we're fighting an invisible spiritual enemy. And so we need to use the power of prayer to dismantle the H off of habit. So once you are able to pray, pray all kinds of prayer. Pray without ceasing. We don't, you don't do anything for God without prayer. The secret of revival is prayer. I mean, prayer, prayer, prayer. If the, the, the secret of, of deliverance that comes from God is prayer. It begins with prayer. Otherwise, it's a work of the flesh. But we're spiritual people, and spiritual people uh, engage in prayer. Prayer is the mitochondria of God in your life working out divine circumstances. So once you pray and pray and pray saying, God, you know, deliver me from this habit, whether the habit is sleeping too much, whether the habit is playing video games too much and I'm, I'm not studying the way that I should, I'm not mastering, uh, you know, the things on my job. And so after you pray and pray and pray, then the habit can break. And so now you can just go and leave. And so now we, we, we're, we're dismantling the habit. So lay it on the stage there and then you can walk off. Now, now notice what happens after we got the H off, a bit of the habit is still there. Oh my God, I thought prayer would fix it all. But it doesn't fix it all. We still have a bit of it that we're still wrestling with. I still have a bit of the temptation, a still a bit of the attitude, a still a bit of the insecurity in me. I still have a bit that I'm working with. I mean, if you be honest, I mean, sometimes you pray about things and it didn't all leave at once. A bit of the pain is there. A bit of the discomfort is there. A, a bit of the anger is there. A bit of the resentment is there. A bit of the desire for the world is still there. I'm, I, I prayed and got a piece of it off. I got the H off, but I'm still dealing with a bit of it. The first key in dismantling is prayer. The second key to dealing with it now is people. Now, I want you to hear me very carefully. It's people. It deals with a person. Let me say it to you this way. Whenever God gets ready to bless your life, God will send the person in. But whenever the devil gets ready to try to corrupt your life, the devil will send the person in. The devil sends a person in to corrupt. God sends a person in to bless. So... God uses people, but so does the devil. So you have to discern who sent the person. But the thing that gets us into bad habits are people. He uses people to get a bad habit into your life because everything that the devil does, he either dilutes your faith or pollutes it. When you dilute something, you add water to it to water it down and make it less effective. Or you pollute it, you put a contaminant in it, something that is impure, something that has wrong motives in it, and it is the impurity of it that is added to it. So the devil, when he wants to corrupt you, he adds something to you that is not pure, and it contaminates the life. 
When God wants to sanctify you, he adds people into your life who begin to pray for you. Prayer helps to sanctify. Prayer helps to, to be able to change us. So he, it, it's, this is about people. Remember, we begin to dismantle it using the power of prayer. But the second thing that helps to move the A off is people. It's a person that either God uses or the devil uses. So the devil adds a person to add to your pain and God adds a person to add to your blessing. When the devil sends somebody in, he sends a person in to hurt you. When God sends a person in, he sends a person in to help you. The devil sends the hurt, God sends the help. But God, each one uses a person, but you must discern who has sent this person. So you have to ask that question, the source, from whence have you come? Where did you come from? Jesus came from heaven. He came from his father. He was a gift to us. God so loved the world that he gave. He sent us into the world to bless the world, to break the addictions of sin and shame in our life. So once you find the right person, then now you see, notice what's happening. We're dealing with it. We're dealing with it. Now notice still a bit of the habit is left. We still have a bit of it. We got rid of the H, we got rid of the A, but now we still have a bit of the habit. Still wrestling with just a bit of it. Still dealing with a bit how do we get this bit of the habit now? When you get now to the center here of the B, the first one, remember, was prayer. The second one, remember, is people or a person. But the third one is a promise or a principle. Find a promise in God's word. Find a principle. If you want to break a habit, find a promise of, of God's word. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me that's that's a promise that's a promise lay hold of the promises of God lay hold of the promises of God uh, Psalm chapter 30 verse 5 weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning that's a promise you know what that promise reminds us of that darkness is temporary that no matter how dark the period that you might be in in your life right now, it is temporary. Morning is coming. Light is coming. That the darkness that you may be in, the confusion that you feel right now, the discouragement that you feel right now, it is temporary. Morning is coming. Morning is coming. So always look for a promise or a principle in God's word. We don't do it. Now we have prayer. Remember it's about adding the right people and getting rid of the wrong. You have to pray good folks in and pray bad folks out. It's, a, it's about a person. You see, remember the first one is prayer. The second principle in breaking this habit, it deals with people. And the third one, this B, is about a bit of God's word that's a promise or a bit that is a principle. Once you get the promise, and the principle, something that undergirds your faith, now we're finally moving the bee off. And I want you to notice, it is still there. Oh my God, here's this habit still hanging around. It is still there. 
I've already prayed about it. My goodness, I've tried to, I've changed some of my friends and it is still there. I've been standing on the word of God. I've got a, you know, a promise. I've got a principle and it is still there. It's never as easy as it sounds. I still am dealing with it. Now, everybody's it is different. You know what your it is. And let me just tell you this. When you struggle with sin, you're not suffering with different sin every day. It's generally the same old sin. You know what your it is. You know what your it is. I mean, you, everybody's it is different. We don't all have the same it, but you know what it is that you wish you could fully conquer and dismantle its power in your life. You know what it is. You, you know what it is. And remember the first time we use prayer? Remember the second time it's, it's about a people? It's a, it's a person that God uses? Remember the third time it's a principle or a promise. But this time, the I, the I, everybody point to your I, is about perspective. Perspective is viewpoint. It's per, your perspective then creates a perception. Perspective is your point of view, is what you see. Perception is how you interpret what you see. Perspective is your viewpoint or what you see. Perception is how you interpret what you see. It's how you interpret it. It's, it's so it's about the eye deals with your perspective. Your perspective. How do I shift my perspective? Instead of feeling like I'm always a victim. I'm the oddball. Nobody really likes me. I'm still dealing with this. Something is wrong with me. I'm not as good as everyone else. That's a perspective. Shift your perspective. You have the ability to shift your perspective. Your perspective can change based on a revelation, based on an understanding, based on the people that come around your life. But here's the real way that you actually begin to get rid of it. Take I out of it. Die to yourself. Lay yourself at the cross because it leaves you with the T to trust God. This is the cross. Once I come out of it, once I realize I can't do this in my own strength, it is not by my own power, not by power, not by might, but it is by my. It's by my spirit, God says. So once you take I out of it to say, Lord, I've tried to conquer this on my own. I tried to deal with this in my own strength, in my own flesh. I tried to figure this out in my own natural mind. But God said, I wanted to give you something that was above your pay grade so that you would have to look to me. So that you would have to trust me. That whatever sin that you've been struggling with, the victory of the power of dismantling the habit... It comes from a tea which comes from a tree. The first sin started when a serpent slithered and spoke to a woman in a garden and lied about it and made her start questioning her identity. Have not God said? 
And it all started by a questioning instead of a trusting. And he tried to bring us back to the T, the cross. It, it is the cross of Christ. Remember, we started with prayer. And then it's about people or a person. And then it's a principle or a promise. And then it's about a perspective. But the T is about purpose. This is the purpose for this cause was the son of man manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. He came for purpose. He came for purpose. I want you to notice what Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says. Notice this. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. You take I out of it. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Take I out of it and it leaves you with the power of the cross. Victory is only at the cross. It's in the cross of Christ. It's in the cross of Christ. Victory is in the cross of Christ. He is our victory. He's our peace. He's our deliverer. He's the strength of our life. He really is. He really is. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for it. Let me just tell you this. Can I give you a bonus today? I want to give you a bonus. I want to tell you the three things that will manifest an absolute change in your life. Number one is the wisdom of God. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. Solomon, get wisdom and all of you getting, get understanding. Get wisdom, get wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. You don't have a money problem. You have a problem of wisdom and handling money. Wisdom, 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 wisdom. It's, it's not like, you know, it's, you don't need more time. You need wisdom to manage the time that you've already got. You're not going to get it. So it's a wisdom issue. If the, when the wisdom of God comes in your life, it will change you. Three things that can absolutely revolutionize your life is God's wisdom. God's wisdom coming into your life can change you forever. The wisdom of God can change your life. Number two, God's favor. Favor, the favor of God coming on your life. God's favor, God's favor. Favor will open doors for you that, that nobody else could, that your education couldn't open, that, that timing couldn't open, that going to the right institutions couldn't open. But somehow, God will give a favor on your life. And people will not understand, I don't know why I'm doing this for you. It's because of God's favor. That is the blessing of God. It's the favor of God. The favor of God can get you into key positions in an organization. It'll bless you with a good job. It can bless you with scholarships. It can bless you with opportunities. Favor, God's favor rests upon you. Favor, when you come into the house of God, favor comes on you. May I declare to you in the name of Jesus how favor really comes. Favor comes. Favor comes by being faithful. Favor comes by being faithful in hidden places. When you're behind the scenes, favor comes by being faithful in unseen places. 
Favor comes by being faithful in unseen places. Favor comes by being faithful in unseen places. When you're just serving and nobody else knows it, God's got his eye on you. When he sees you like a David and nobody else can see what you're doing with the sheep, God had his eye on him. And God's favor came on David. Favor will come on your life by being faithful in unseen places. In a little responsibility, it's working behind the scenes when nobody knows your name favor of God comes upon your life by being faithful in unseen places the wisdom of God and now the favor you need wisdom because once God gives you favor you've got to have the wisdom to know what to do the wisdom of God I pray in the name of Jesus that God's wisdom will rest upon your life. Wisdom to know what to do, when to do, where to do, and with whom to do what God has ordained for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus for the favor of God to rest on you in brand new measures and brand new proportions today in the name of Jesus. Uncommon favor for uncommon results. Uncommon favor for uncommon results. Uncommon favor for uncommon results. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of God, the favor of God, and the third thing is the courage of God. Because sometimes you know the right thing to do, but you don't have the courage to do it. May I say this to you? Fear is an invitation to evolve. Fear is an invitation to evolve. Rise up. Fear is an invitation to evolve. Every time that you're going to be afraid, it's a doorway. It's another opportunity for God to bring, to broaden your life, to expand your life, to expand opportunities. You'll be afraid for a little while. Faith doesn't mean that you don't have fear. Courage says, I'm doing it although I am afraid. I'm scared, but I'm trusting you, Lord. I've got courage. Courage is irrelevant if fear is not present. It is not doing it in the absence of fear. It is doing it right in the presence of fear. It is staring fear in the face and said, I'm coming anyway, even though I hear the, I hear the wind and I see the waves, but I'm stepping out. I'm coming out of my comfort zone. I've got the courage, Lord, now to start my business. I've got the courage to launch out in ministry. I've got the courage to begin to witness to people who look like they will have no interest in God and who will laugh at me and shame me, but the courage of God, rise up. May courage arise in you. May the wisdom of God increase in your life. And may God's favor, may God's favor rest on you. This little David, the shepherd boy, God's favor was on him. He wasn't the first pick. When they sent the prophet Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16, to go there and to anoint a king, David's daddy had eight boys and he sent all seven of them before they didn't even consider David because David had a different mother than all of the other boys David dealt with rejection when he went down to the battle his brothers made fun of him saying what are you doing here go back home 
he felt rejected but he had been faithful faithfulness will give you favor with God and if you have favor with God God will give you favor with mankind and there he had been faithful and now the prophet had dealt with all seven of Jesse's other sons and there was no unction of the spirit in the prophet to say anoint this one and he says do you not have another one and he sent for the one who was faithful you don't have to try to manipulate your way when you're faithful you'll be discovered because God's eye is on you even when others don't see you God knows where you're serving God knows how you're serving his eye is on you and he will send for you at the right time and the anointing then he'll say this is the one when he called for David David had no time to get prepared for his anointing it happened on the spot and here's what young David a teenager he was a teenager and the prophet of God sent for him and the anointing of God came on his life to defeat Goliath. And I'm looking at a bunch of Davids and Davinas who have God's anointing on you to go and to defeat the Goliaths of this generation. Identity confusion. Abortion, all kinds of things, drugs, violence, manipulation, corruption. And God is raising up a generation right here of Davids and Davinas. You, 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 you didn't even realize it today, but God came. This is an anointing service for young Davids and young Davinas. Because there are some Goliaths out there and God is just looking for somebody who's got the wisdom to walk in the footsteps of Jesus. Who has the humility of heart that will walk with courage and who understand that you've got God's favor on your life. You're empowered in this day to be used as an instrument in the hand of God. Because right in your school system, right in your neighborhoods, right in the building where you live is a Goliath situation. It's too big for you to handle on your own. But God will give you wisdom how to take down the Goliath. I'm praying today that God's anointing will rest upon you. The favor of God is all over your life. You're already blessed. You're already favored. But God has given you a challenge that you cannot do without him. And as we trust in Him, as we depend upon Him, God's grace falls and rises in your life. While everybody's standing, just bow, bow your heads. If you're in this place today, and you've not yet said yes to Jesus, but you need to say it, Something in your heart today has felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit 
It's God. He's pulling you. He's drawing you. You can't even come to him except he draw you. That's God doing the drawing in your heart today. And if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, I want you to just lay one hand across your heart right now. Just lay a hand across your heart. Just repeat these words with me. Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I trust you with my whole heart. I trust you with my whole heart. I need you. I need you. And I invite you to come into my life. And I invite you to come into my life. I have failed. I have failed. But now I trust you. But now I trust you. With all of my failure. With all of my failure. All of my weakness. All of my weakness. All of my insecurity. All of my insecurity. All of my anger. All of my anger. I surrender it to you. I surrender it to you. And I ask you to be Lord of my life. And I ask you to be Lord of my life. Both now and forever. Both now and forever. Use me for your glory. Use me for your glory. And make it to where I am never the same. And make it to where I am never the same. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends. You can connect with us and our senior pastors, Pastor Hao and Pastor Leah, on Instagram or Facebook. Also, do join us for our online services, HOGC On Air, or for one of our in-person services on the weekends if you're in Singapore. To find out more, just visit www.hogc.sg. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.